When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. six years old. My parents woke me up. It was a big moment. I was very young in uh, 69 when it happened. But we were with my parents traveling in Ireland. We were in Dublin in a bed and breakfast and the, the TV was on all night long. And uh, we were anxious not to miss it. Okay, it was a sense of a global connection. More than uh, 600 million uh, people in front of uh, this black and white screen. It was really strange images. We saw this little white ghost descending the, the stairs. But it was obviously something uh, as, uh, astonishing. way our reality was enlarging and was now including also the possibility to have other world close to us. So it was like a dream coming true. This sense of new boundaries and this sense of the possibilities opening up. You just heard the European Space Agency's Ursilia Vado and retired space journalist Dominique Dittal recall their memories from the most significant milestone in human space exploration, the moment in July 1969 when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first people to walk on the moon. After the successful Apollo moon landings of the late 1960s and early 1970s, Many people believed that by 2020 there would be permanent moon bases or even entire cities on the moon. But that didn't happen. The politics and budgets on Earth changed, and so did the politics and budgets in space, with a switch to collaboration that's led to the International Space Station and the rapid growth of satellite telecommunications and Earth observation. So my dreams of strolling around on a moon base and looking up at the stars will have to wait for now. But in the meantime, space is changing our daily lives. And in this episode, we're exploring how the innovations at the final frontier are revolutionising life on Earth. Welcome to Euronews Tech Talks, a podcast delving into the pivotal questions shaping Europe's digital landscape. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkes. I've covered space for Euronews for many years, and although I once interviewed Buzz Aldrin, I'm still light years away from having an office in orbit. Today, the moon is once again making the headlines as lunar missions from around the world take aim at our natural satellite as a natural stepping stone for human exploration of our solar system. It's exciting stuff, but it's also important to keep in mind that often over the last five decades, the focus of space exploration has been to help solve problems for us Earthlings.
space is really uh, the opportunity to have an impact on the big challenges that we, as a humanity, we face. The climate change, but also energy, also peace, also poverty. In the next three episodes, we'll look at the impact of space on us, the human race. First, though, just for fun, because it's a podcast, let's try to imagine the soundscape of the cosmos. Let's have a listen. No, there's nothing wrong with your headphones. The reason you heard silence is that in the empty vacuum of space, traditional sound as we know it cannot travel due to the absence of a carrying medium, such as air or water, for example. However, certain space phenomena produce electromagnetic waves and other signals that scientists can translate into audible sounds using special instruments. Emissions from celestial bodies, interactions between the solar wind and the magnetosphere, and pulsars provide an intriguing way to listen to the universe despite the lack of true sound propagation in space. The sound that I personally find really inspiring and slightly chilling is the sound um, when two black holes crash together. That, for me, I think is probably the most iconic sound of the universe. That's Professor Carol Mundell speaking to us from the European Space Astronomy Centre in Madrid. Going back many hundreds of years, humans have always looked at the night sky and studied the wonders of the universe with whatever technology they had at the time. It goes right back to the time of Plato. But of course, uh, in more recent years, Kepler, Newton, Einstein, these are the kinds of scientists who helped us to understand uh, the laws of physics, and the laws of physics govern our everyday lives. Professor Mundell is an astrophysicist and the Director of Science at the European Space Agency. And in modern day, we're actually living in a very special time where we can make simulations in supercomputers to help us to understand um, how the laws of physics might work in the universe. The European Space Agency uses space telescopes and high-performance computing to scrutinise the cosmos. And it employs those technologies to scrutinise phenomena on Earth too. Take climate change, for instance. They collect data on the oceans, atmosphere and weather and input that information into a supercomputer to simulate how the planet would look with a 1.5 or 2 degrees Celsius rise in average temperatures. So those simulations are very important because they predict what will happen in the future if we don't change our behaviours today. And we can also put into those simulations, well, if we changed our behaviours, how well would we impact uh, and keep those temperatures down? So it's a way of motivating people for us to change our behaviours because we can tell you that you'll have a good impact. The European Space Agency was established in 1975 to foster collaboration among European nations in space exploration and technology development. Its creation aimed to pool resources and expertise to overcome individual countries' limitations and compete with other global space powers. So, like any other space agency, it launches missions and gains first-hand experience in space through its astronauts, a superb way to learn about the human body. And what we learn in these space studies where our astronauts are living in these extreme conditions tells us a lot about how we might help people, for example, through healthy ageing on Earth.
One notable study related to gravity and ageing is NASA's Twins study. This experiment involved identical twin astronauts Scott and Mark Kelly. Scott spent nearly a year aboard the International Space Station while his brother Mark remained on Earth. The study aimed to understand how the body is impacted by both long-duration spaceflight and microgravity. Surprising findings included differences in gene expression related to immunity and stress, as well as shifts in the gut microbiome. The twin study showcases space exploration's special ability to enhance our understanding of human biology. Studying elements affecting cell health and lifespan in space might help us extend lives and counteract age-related health problems on Earth. Cognitive research done during space missions broadens insights into brain function and neurodegenerative illnesses. These findings might offer ways to improve cognitive well-being and address disorders such as Alzheimer's disease. Beyond the body, space insights can apply across lots of domains. Understanding how gravity works in extreme circumstances, for example around distant black holes in the universe, then helps us to understand our satellites. So for example, our cars can work correctly when we're using our satellite navigation systems. And it's also been really important for industries like agriculture. And so we can start to use our satellite navigation systems to help our farmers understand how to do their farming with great precision and to have their equipment work autonomously. So these are just a few examples of how we take something very esoteric like in black holes and the understanding of laws of physics right down to our everyday lives when we're driving our cars or growing our crops. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Throughout Europe, space technology is used to find answers to tangible questions on Earth. Satellite navigation is in fact changing the way we live. In France, Benoit Brody leads the satellite navigation business unit at Thalesselenia Space. And he's right, satellites are changing our lives. The first, named Sputnik 1, was launched into space on October the 4th, 1957, by the Soviet Union. Nowadays, satellites enable global communication, weather forecasting, navigation, earth observation and scientific research, transforming industries, disaster management and connectivity worldwide. Satellite navigation is a revolution also in terms of guidance for aircraft. We, we can do more ecological trajectories with this satellite because you can create almost an unlimited number of, of shorter flight paths or trajectories, which was not possible 20 years ago. 
Benoit also emphasized the role of satellites in sustainability, for instance, helping to reduce CO2 emissions. If you look at car mobility, the fact that you can use Google Maps always, for example, to avoid traffic jams, allows to reduce your fuel consumptions. Robert Carpentier, a colleague of Benoit, also explained how telecommunication satellites bridge the digital divide by offering access to digital technologies and the Internet across the population. Today, the digital divide still largely affects Europe and about 27% of the households in Europe are not connected with a speed of greater than 30 megabit per second. Rural areas, older generations, lower-income individuals and those with limited digital skills face challenges in accessing technology and online opportunities, highlighting disparities in internet usage and its benefits. An example is uh, what is done today in Spain through a program which is Connect 35. And this is a public partnership made with the Spanish institution, but also the satellite operator. And it provides for 35 euro a connection for more than 100 megabit per second download to whoever in Spain or in Portugal want to be connected. It is for schools, but also for institutions in rural areas. So any kind of people that needs connectivity and in underserved area, but also in overloaded areas. The next stop on our space journey is Germany. Michael Becker works for the German space agency DLR, where he's leading a project studying bioprinting on the International Space Station. It consists of a handheld printer that uses the body's skin cells to cover wounds and accelerate healing. Astronauts don't have doctors up there, <laughs> so medical treatment is a bit more difficult than on Earth. And the idea was to have a very simple manual device that can be used easily and that even um, supports and accelerates this, this healing uh, process. This is the advantage of bioprinting, to use the patient's own cells by using the injury. Bioprinting combines the fields of 3D printing and biotechnology to create three-dimensional structures. Unlike traditional ink, bioink consists of living cells mixed with supportive materials, enabling its precise deposition layer by layer to create tissues or organs. We've tested the bioprinter, how it works in space, how the printing process works and to understand how, for example, living cells are distributing in a bioprinted uh, patch. In space, where gravity is much weaker, bioprinting can work better. This might help cells stay healthy, organise in a more natural way, and build tissues that look and work more like our own. You can also think of using it on Earth. If you think, for example, on remote places like submarines or Antarctic stations, but you don't have medical treatment available. The goal of printing complete organs is expected to be achieved in the next decade. However, there are also many obstacles ahead. Ethical concerns related to bioprinting include the source of cells, creation of human-like tissues, accessibility and regulatory oversight.
And this is, I think, one of the biggest challenges we have right now. And this is still under development. Our last stop is in the UK, where Martin Salto is the CEO of Space Solar, a company developing space-based solar power. I started to explore space-based solar power and the importance of, of this as an emergent new energy technology because I realised just how incredibly difficult it's going to be for all governments to deliver the transition to net zero and zero carbon economies without these more capable technologies. Sunlight is over 10 times stronger at the upper atmosphere compared to its intensity at the Earth's surface, and space solar revolutionises energy generation by harnessing the sunlight up there through satellites and spacecraft. Space-based solar power is the concept of putting solar panels high above the Earth in a high Earth orbit where they can see the sun the whole time, all through the year, day and night. And by harvesting solar energy in that high Earth orbit, converting it to microwaves, and then beaming that down to Earth-based receivers, you can generate city-scale energy all the time. Solar power is harnessed all the time in space missions through photovoltaic solar panels, converting sunlight into electricity for spacecraft systems, instruments and communication devices. The idea is to take that same technology and move it down to Earth. Globally, with the move to net zero economies and, and civilizations, we've mainly looking at intermittent technologies, that is, terrestrial solar and wind. But of course, they don't produce energy reliably. That is, when the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing, uh, you don't get any energy. And so you need backup sources of, of energy. The difference with space-based solar power is that it's what's called baseload. It, it is providing energy around the clock in all weathers. Space-based solar power entails putting solar panels in geostationary orbit. Positioned above a fixed point on Earth, these satellites collect sunlight uninterrupted by day-night cycles of the atmosphere. The energy gathered is transformed into microwave or laser beams and sent to Earth's receiving stations. The concept has been studied since the late 1960s. Until recently, it was seen as technologically feasible but not economically viable. However, this perspective has shifted due to the introduction of reusable rockets. In the last six or seven years, Elon Musk and SpaceX have really demonstrated that they can launch and recover the rockets reliably and repeatedly. Reusable rockets lower the cost of space access by enabling rockets to be used for multiple launches, reducing manufacturing, infrastructure and turnaround time costs. This means more satellites can be launched more affordably, and Martin stresses the launch cost has significantly decreased. It previously hovered around $20,000 per kilogram for low-Earth orbit satellites, but now it's roughly one-tenth of that, marking a remarkable 90% reduction. And with their next-generation systems like the Starship, their costs are going to fall by another order of magnitude. This is an absolute game-changer for the space sector, but particularly for space-based solar power. 
Martin hopes that in time, his space technology can solve some of the biggest problems on Earth. Space is largely used for the benefit of Earth. A lot of what we've learnt about our atmosphere and weather and climate change comes from being able to monitor that from space and constantly monitoring over years and decades to build up the data that, that tells us about what's going on. What space-based solar power does is take this use of space for the benefit of Earth to an altogether another level. Now we're using space to actually solve the problems of sustainable energy generation and through space-based solar power. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. The words of poet T.S. Eliot encapsulate the concept. As we venture upward into the skies, we unveil pathways that contribute to enhancing life right here on Earth. So let's finish where we started, with some weird space sounds, this time the sound of our own planet, Earth. Euronews Tech Talks aims to explore the impact of new technologies on our lives. Do you have any questions? Please send them and we'll find the answers. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkes, and in the following episode, we're exploring why everyone is heading for the lunar South Pole with ESA astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti and asking scientist Angelique van Ombergen if she'd be willing to be cryogenically frozen on an interplanetary cruise. This series is written and produced by Marta Rodriguez-Martinez. Euronews Next tech reporter Camille Bello and podcast producers Naira Davlesian and Alici Carnavelli also contributed to this episode. Our script editor is Dennis Funk. The theme music is by Leo Lebron. Sound editing is by Nara Davlashian and sound mixing is by Laurent Dreyer. Our editor-in-chief is Ali Isan Aydin. You can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.